Why were you so late coming home from school yesterday afternoon? Yesterday, yesterday. What was yesterday? Yesterday was Thursday. Oh, well, um, was I late? Yes, you were. You finished school at three o'clock. You were not home until six o'clock. That's right, that's right. Michelle and I um, stayed to watch football practice. In the Frigid Queen, I was driving around and I thought I saw you through the window. Oh, yeah, well, we stopped there for a malt afterwards. Notice when you lie. This is from Lolita, but when you lie, you have to pause. You have to have those pauses to come up with the lie, unless you have time in advance to plan it. But when someone's lying, one of the tip-offs is when they have those pauses. Now, what was yesterday? Thursday? Now, they're buying time there to come up with the lie. And then when she gets caught in the lie, you know, I saw you with the frigid queen, and she, then she has to say, oh, yeah. And she has to then pause and come up with a new lie. So lies breed more lies, and you live a double life. The world of your lies, that whole web that you've weaved, the, the lies that you thought of telling but never told, and the actual lies, and the truth, reality, what actually happened, which is also stored in your mind. So lies are massively damaging to your own sanity. So that's my encouragement. Don't do it. Um, right before the break, I was talking to a woman who had difficulty with the idea of compassion and not difficulty. She thought that compassion meant self-sacrifice. And I say that compassion means self-valuing. And of course, I'll, when my husband goes in for a hip operation, I'm going to not leave and go do my own thing day in and day out. I'm going to be there to nurture him because I value him. But if it was Saddam Hussein I was taking care of, I would leave him. So we judge a person in their context. And if a person has earned your respect, you love the person dearly, and it's not a chronic situation like Alzheimer's where there are alternatives where you can get some respite, you can get some help, or you can have a nursing home, home take care of a parent and you can go visit them and keep both of your dignities and respect about, then, then I say that that's totally a rational alternative. And if you want to read more about this, I recommend a book that will sound shocking, but it'll even be wonderfully shocking when you, if you choose to read it. It's called The Virtue of Selfishness by Ayn Rand, A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. You can go to my website, drkenner.com or Ayn Rand Bookstore, all one word, dot com, and find this little teeny book. And it talks about those articles. Isn't everyone, sac uh, isn't everyone selfish? Um, it's got, doesn't life require compromise? A lot of great questions. It talks about ethics from a rational perspective. And I think you will be pleasantly surprised. It'll, it's a liberating little book because selfishness is not the... I'll get what I damn please and run roughshod over everyone. Self-valuing is mind respect, honesty and integrity and valuing your mind and setting your personal dreams and not letting anyone step on you and you're not being a bulldozer to anyone else either. It's total mutual self-respect if they've earned that for you. If they've earned your contempt, then you walk away from them. You don't deal with that type of a person. Um, so... I highly, highly recommend that that book, and it's a real skinny book, The Virtue of Selfishness. And right now, why we're don't I think a comparison between me and Saddam Hussein, Hussein is a 
deep, deep compliment. <laughs> That's my husband. Well, you know, if you have an abusive parent, if you have a mean parent or a parent who is neglectful, that's a better, uh, or a husband that was neglectful, then what you might be looking for is a divorce rather than to sit and sacrifice your life taking care of that individual. Um, so obviously I used uh, an extreme example, but right now I want to turn to our after hours line, but before I do, this is a situation where imagine working with the woman who's calling in. She's a woman who describes herself as a loner and she blew up twice. She lost control twice. And she says that her coworkers look at her as weird, but she really thinks that it's an elderly, very gregarious, outgoing, friendly type of guy that's undermining her. She's she feels she's the victim and that he's the perpetrator. See what you think. I'm in a work situation where I'm well, I did not like what I considered power games played on me by an elderly, late sixties year old co-worker he's very social and I am a loner and it has ended up where I am disliked and isolated because it looks like I'm picking on an innocent folksy elder I trained him when he came into my group he has a set view of women and minorities but he's shrewd enough to keep them to himself but he has let me see what he really thinks quite carelessly about me it is, it's been very difficult dealing with the contempt he shows me while he's excused for his attitudes because he's old and genial, very social. I got in trouble for blowing up twice, and people wondered where this anger came from. And because I'm a loner and usually quiet, people now think I am disagreeable and nuts. And my question is, how do I stop being played by this person? Okay, so people th see you as disagreeable and nuts. And I like situations when I see someone who looks disagreeable and nuts and I'm working with them. I like it when they open up to me and they give me their side of the story and I get the full facts, I get the full picture and I end up possibly liking them, possibly befriending them. So I think that you say he's got a set view, this co-worker, this elderly co-worker who kind of gets away with it because he's... You know, he can pick on you behind the scenes, and he's older, and you trained him. You know, he's having a younger woman train him, and, you know, if he's from the old school, he may not like that a woman trained him, or maybe if you're, you said he doesn't like minorities, maybe he picks on you, and he calls you some names, and he's let some stuff slip out um, the way in the old days they used to do that, uh, or bigoted people nowadays do that too, that will never go away, uh, but hopefully we won't condone it. Um, if that's the case, if, if you're seeing it that way, uh, it's very difficult for you. You see yourself set up by him. You see that you worked hard for him to train him, and now he's picking on you. So there's a justice issue. You and I could focus on him. But for a moment, I would rather focus on something you can change, which is yourself. You were so understandable when you called and asked, left that question on our after-hours line. You're so, I would like to get to know you better. If you opened up with your coworkers, if you didn't have a set opinion, not about women and minorities, but about other people in general, then you could open up to one or two coworkers who seem friendlier, tell them the story. Not so that they pick on him, but so that you break out of this 
prison that you've put yourself in of being a loner. A loner is protecting you from harm. Now, I don't know if you went through trauma as a child. I'll bet there's some trauma trauma in your past, whether it was abusive parents or neglectful parents, or whether you were traumatized by schoolmates or a teacher, whether you were mortified and just felt like, I can't speak up, I don't understand people, I don't know how to get along with them, I don't have the social skills, it's just me, I'm happy this way, leave me alone. You can go through life like that, but then you run into the problems that you're having. I recommend getting a few books. One of them is, the, one is the Loneliness Workbook, which is a guide to developing and maintaining lasting connections by Mary Ellen Copeland. I don't agree with everything in the book that she's written, but it is a very skills-oriented book, and it's got some gems in that book on how to break through so that you can speak up with these people and tell them what's happening behind the scenes, because he gets away with it, with this contemptuous stuff behind the scenes, if you have a Band-Aid on your mouth. You don't speak up. But if you take the Band-Aid off and don't wait till you explode and the Band-Aid bursts off, if you take that Band-Aid off and speak just the way you did with me so empathically, then you will have listening ears and friends, potential friends in there. And you'll smash that old premise that you have that says, don't speak with people, they can hurt me. You'll get more hurt by not speaking with good people. If they're bad, then yes, don't speak with them. But if they're good, open up and discover that that premise about people and that premise about yourself that I'm capable of connecting with people is worth working on. You can also get some cognitive therapy for that. You can go to the website academyofct.org, ctcognitivetherapy.org, and see if there's a therapist in your neck of the words. Coming up, why are most kids, why are most books about inventors written for kids? We'll be talking with Dr. Eric Daniels and hear some great stories about what happened to one famous inventor when he was a kid. Think of your own childhood and all of the dreams and crazy fun things you dreamed of. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke. Encourage your partner to pursue his or her values. You do not want your partner to ever give up important values, assuming they're not irrational values, such as taking illicit drugs, being abusive, or having an affair. Neither partner should ask the other to give up valued activities or valued friends, assuming the friends are not unpleasant or dishonest people. This principle applies to all important values held by your partner, but especially the most essential ones, such as a career. Encouraging your partner to act to achieve important values, but also helping your loved one to maintain the proper attitude toward those values is part of living up to this principle. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.